Awareness is power. And it could save your life. Welcome to our podcast, No Risks. I'm Heather. And I'm Lee. We're two moms, a lawyer and a nurse, who were brought together by a misfortune. Both our children were harmed by adverse drug reactions. The purpose of this podcast is to educate people on the risk of any health treatments you put in or on your body. We feel if we'd been properly informed and been our own experts, our children would not have been harmed. In today's world, with medicines being incentivized for profits, you need to educate yourself. Know the risk of health treatments, and it can protect yourself and your loved ones from being harmed. Yeah, today, um, Heather, you know, we've done a couple podcasts. We have a couple coming um, that haven't been uh, posted yet. And, um, you know, we've talked to uh, several experts and about different things, you know, um, with um, uh, Andrew Marriott to do with his experience with delirium. And um, we've got um, a podcast coming on the Gulf War illness with Dr. Beatrice Gollum. And then, of course, there's been lots of conversations in, in and around the, you know, side effects and harm caused by the fluoroquinolones. But I know that you and I were just talking the other day and starting to piece it together and realizing that what's happening, despite which toxin or drug that has caused you the harm, the damage seems to be real damage at a cellular level, like damage to the mitochondria. Um, and... I think one of the things that Dr. Beatrice Gollum mentioned when we were talking with her was if you've had um, a toxicity or you've had a, a re, an adverse reaction to one medication, um, the likelihood of subsequent to other medications that are less safe will be a higher chance, like a higher incidence of um, adverse drug reactions. So. I don't know. I thought we might just want to talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I think, you know, I think that instinctually, once you have an adverse drug reaction um, and you connect it, um, I think, you know, you can connect that to, to other, that, that type of vulnerability, you know, um, to, to, because I thought that was really fascinating to hear. You don't really read about that much or hear, I haven't, um, that if, you know, your kind of the proclivity or, or the likelihood of, a, of future reactions to other drugs, it, it appears to be something, whether it's, you know, I know there's genetic testing now for, for specific drugs where um, some people just don't methylate or metabolize drugs in the same way. Um, again, another area where if researchers such as Dr. Gollum could get, you know, if, if, if it was more a priority, I know in the United States for that type of research to be done, it could really avoid a lot of these adverse drug reactions, because people would be more aware of drugs they can and can't take. And there does seem to be a common thing, because we keep hearing of this mitochondrial damage that, that creates the type of um, issues that we hear about in these different podcasts, you know, and, and some that we've, we've talked about 
you know, malaria drugs. We've talked about fluoroquinolones, um, the, the drugs that were used um, for the Gulf War, um, from, you know, army mm -hmm. members who were given, military members who were given that. So yeah, that's, it's, it's just really interesting at the way it affects the body. And while, while the symptomology might be a little different, it seems like the core damage seems to be this issue at the cellular level. Yeah, which would make sense if you've had been harmed by something in your, not at your optimum, that subsequent exposures to different um, things, you'd be more susceptible. Um, and I know a lot of people definitely have reported that. Um, there is also, I think you mentioned that probably a, a genetic component. Why is it that you know, with even the fluoroquinolones, um, I think that they're very dangerous medications. I think a lot of people actually have been affected that don't even know because the symptoms are those that can be, you know, if you're elderly, joint pain, fatigue, uh, memory loss, brain fog, those could all be attributed to what people would say is age and not, not make the connection. But there are certain people that seem to be more susceptible for sure. Um, so I know that, you know, I think that definitely needs to be more research on the genetic component, but I think it might be interesting to try and find um, some experts that talk a little bit about what do you do, you know, like mm -hmm. when you had an adverse drug reaction and you know that potentially your mitochondria has been damaged, like what kinds of things and treatments, um, you know, without slapping on a whole pile of more pharmaceuticals can people do? I know personally what... Charlie, what worked, you know, helped, I believe helped with her, but it would be really interesting to either talk to more people, what worked, um, or even to find maybe some expert that has, you know, I know Dr. Gollum sort of touched on some, and that will come up in her podcast coming forward, but it would be nice to dive a bit deeper into what works. Cause you know, it's one thing to have these side effects and to be harmed, but a lot of the question is now what do I do? That certainly was my first question. Yeah, and the danger and the need for this, well, this is kind of two-pronged, but unfortunately, the first reaction in from from most healthcare providers when there is a complaint of an adverse drug reaction or there's a complaint that a medication, I think we see this a lot with psychotropic drugs. Um, causing anxiety, causing issues, the first um, response um, is often increasing the dosage or messing with the dosage of that drug, which is just really incredible to me because if you're reacting badly to a drug, the last thing you need is more of it or more of a drug like it, because if there, if there does exist this kind of thread or propensity to, to have an adverse reaction to a drug, and, and it is broad in that respect, um, you know, it, it just seems like that has to be given some weight on behalf of, of the healthcare system in determining you know, how to address what the patient is going through. And that's rarely done. You know, I know in my circumstances with my son, I talk about it a lot. There was no 
effort to address the underlying issue, even if they didn't believe him when he told them he thought he was having a reaction to the drug. Um, there was, it, it was just completely sidetracked and, you know, that happens. So then, you know, let, let's give you more of the drug you're taking because it's, it certainly can't be from that. Um, in this case, I'm talking about anxiety drugs when they start making people have more anxiety and, and it's even on the labeling of a lot of them. Um, especially when you're dealing with benzodiazepines, but they're given more. Mm -hmm. And um, it just really takes a situation from being, you know, dangerous to, to fatal. And I think, you know, that's an area that really needs to be looked at. And I know there's testing out there. I would love to have someone who knows a lot about the genetic testing come on because I know they test for different types of different drug classes. Yeah. But I believe the reason that's not happening is because the way our health system is set up, certainly in terms of the pharmaceutical industry is in order to make the profits, um, you're going to make more profits if you could broaden or widen the use of the drug, you know, so we have drugs that are specifically for certain ailments that are being used for a host of other issues um, in order to, what I believe is to increase their sales, which just really, you know, creates a big problem also because people are getting drugs that aren't even really, in a lot of instances, for the issues they're presenting at, at, at the doctor. Yeah, it's sort of... Um a cascade where people come in with symptoms. I know that was the case with um, my daughter is had all these symptoms. They said, well, even if it was a drug reaction, the drug is out of her system. They didn't recognize the delayed reaction, which we've talked, you know, even with um, Andrew Maria, he talks about the Yeah. The damage is done. The, yeah. You know. True. But then their, their next thing is because I think that they go, you know, I hope that this is going to change, but the, the medical profession wants to help. And um, I think quite often the solution they think is more medic, more prescriptions. Well, let's just treat those symptoms, um, which in the case of um, my daughter, it was going to be, I think there were four or five doctors that recommended um, corticosteroids, which we now know um, from the stuff that came out at the European medical meeting was that that actually made people worse contraindicated yeah yeah so um and i think i had read that at the time and and made the decision um it wasn't any informed decision because nobody informed me but i informed myself and realized that that would actually be not it would be not helpful it would actually probably make her worse so i'm happy that i at least made that decision but yeah i mean just for example when shay had his nasal surgery and was given that large dose for a, a long period of time of levaquin they prescribed it with steroids which increased the likelihood you know this was a kid that never took a lot of medicine mm -hmm. you know and you read about that and if i as a lay person can go and read about that after he passed away and I'm looking at these scripts he was giving him and, you know, the, the research he had done that no one listened to. It's just really mind boggling, you know, because it's like if I can find this and you're you're a healthcare provider and you took an oath, you know, to do no harm. What how, 
you know, how, how did we even get here? It's just, it, it becomes very frustrating. You know, recently I've been traveling. I, you know, you know that I was just recently in Turkey and, and prior to that was in Barbados for a while. What's really interesting and I think as a backdrop, you know, we're one of the few countries, the United States, where you can actually advertise um, these drugs, especially um, on television. You know, you don't you don't see this all. Ask your doctor, ask your doctor, um, you know, about specific drugs. I, I think I would have to look it up, but I I think it's just the U.S. and New Zealand. I'm not positive. I would have to look that up. But it is when you're when you're kind of watching television in other countries, it's amazing because we don't realize how inundated we are with that here in this country. Mm-hmm. And I know, you know, when when people who aren't from here take note of that and watch, it's really surprising to see those type of adverse ad, ad advertisements on on TV. Yeah, and that that really makes a difference. I I remember when I was practicing um, in asthma education and the the drug Singular, which was a medication, a pill form for treatment of asthma came out and it was all over the because in, you know, Canada, we obviously get a lot of the US stations. And we had a swarm of um, parents coming in wanting that medication for their child. And, um, you know, many of them went on it. And you know, personally, I put my my son who had asthma, um, you know, through the allergist. He went on that, and it was like Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde. He was only about six or seven, but I'm like, who is this kid? He became so aggressive, and um, he couldn't sit still. It was just crazy, and I thought oh, that's weird. And of course, this is before all my experience to do with Charlie. So I wasn't as in tune um, with all these adverse drug effects. I just assumed, you know, it was prescribed, it was safe, it was on the market. Um, But I had to stop because I, I made the connection. And after I stopped, he got better. And I even went so far when I brought it up to numerous physicians, um, they said, no, it's not, it's not listed as a side effect. I actually put him back on and within a day, my, um, you know, his dad was like, is he back on the medication? Cause he's like crazy. And he was, and we had to stop again. And, and then afterwards there were numerous parents that came in reporting this. Um, we now know that there's been a lot of literature that's come out on those medications. That's, that's exactly the side effects that it causes. Matter of fact, there's been kids that have committed suicide on that medication. So um, yeah, I mean, what's safe at one point, you know, it needs to be continually reevaluated and these doctors need to continually look at the data and the research. But we go back to what we were talking about in a previous segment was the importance of reporting. I never reported that. I, I had no idea back then, even as a, um, you know, practicing nurse back then, I had no idea that I should have probably reported that side effect in my son. And I think the bottom line is um, anecdotes are important. They are important. And I, you know, it's really um, frustrating and maddening for me to watch now with the VAERS reporting because there doesn't, you know, there seems to be a real push to silence or just to avoid any adverse reporting you know, it, during the pandemic and now with the, the COVID vaccines, um, 
and the, the, the attack has seemed to be in terms of VAERS. You hear a lot of reports now. I was watching a major news station where they were, you know, they had a doctor on and he was saying, well, you can't trust that. You can't trust that data because it's sell, a lot of it's self-reported. It's reported by patients and they don't know that that's, that they're, you know, they don't, they don't know enough to correlate it or to know. So, you know, and, and just shame on them. Shame, shame on that, because as we've seen, all the changes we've seen in the drug labeling, the things I've fought for, for the, the drugs my son was given, antidotes are important. That's where it starts. And if they were doing their job in these random control trials, we wouldn't have this issue. Unfortunately, it's been put upon us as the public to, to figure that out. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, I hope that there remains a, a balance. Yeah, maybe there is some errors in reporting, as there is with everything. But um, to really malign a report because it's coming from the patient who, in some people's views, you know, doesn't have the expertise to make that judgment. We know our bodies better than anyone. Right. And I think you know? that doctor, you know, in the, in the, um, podcast that we did with Dr. David Healy, where he, you know, said the mother's hunch is usually right. I mean, it's, it's not only the antidote of the patient, but of the, um, of the parents, um, or some significant other loved one, um, as well that are noticing these things. Um, and we have to listen to that. Yeah. What was so fascinating about David Healy's, you know, he's a wonderful man, brilliant researcher, um, brilliant mind. I don't think <laughs> anyone could argue with that, even those who he might not care for him for a variety of reasons. Um, but what shaped his whole life? You know, his mother losing a child, losing his brother because a healthcare provider chose to make the determination that she was just hysterical or overbearing or overprotective, whatever. I'm, I don't know the situation, but to give someone a tranquilizer because they believe there is something wrong with their child. I mean, that's unforgivable. Um, and yeah, doctors miss things, but when, when, when treatment or whatever you're doing or not doing becomes destructive and a, a patient worsens. I mean, you have to have the flexibility and the the willingness to set aside your ego to say, you know, science is question and error. And if you can't if you can't question yourself, you have no business being a scientist, a health provider, a doctor. You know, this isn't is not about individuals. And it's 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 just, you know, to hear that. I always wonder why he helped us all. Cause I, I mean I guess from all I've gone through, sometimes I get a late, little bit of a jaded view of, you know, you know, how much um people are willing to do for each other. And I, you know, it's just interesting how these stories have shaped us and shaped some of the people we've talked to 
and provided the impetus to speak out um, and to really try to make a difference. And I think everyone, um, we heard from Dr. Charles Bennett, look at what he's gone through for speaking out, you know, and and that was by being a good scientist. Mm -hmm. I'm not aware of him going through any adverse drug events for himself or his family, but really being what a scientist does questioning the data, looking at all angles and not disregarding anything. And, you know, look what happened to him. It's, it's just really unconscionable. Thank you for joining us today on this episode of No Risk. And remember, being your own expert is the best way to prevent yourself or your loved one from being harmed. And please join us for future podcasts and help support us by subscribing providing some feedback, and of course, giving us a five-star rating. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at No Risks, and check us out on our website at norisks.org, where you can read our stories, suggest future topics, and share your stories.